Hi Orla. Hi Ricardo. Hi listeners. Uh, this is Dublin Digital Radio. Um, we are the Recommendation Game Film of the Week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. Then we watch it separately and meet to discuss it. This week's film was chosen by Orla. Yep. It is In Jackson Heights from 2015. Everything by Frederick Wise. <laughs> 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 Literally. <laughs> uh, directed by Frederick Wiseman. A man who was 85 when he made this film. <laughs> a wise man. Ah, <laughs> directed by Frederick Wiseman. Like it lasted all or 15 seconds if I can make that joke. Produced by Karen Karnasek and Frederick Wiseman. Cinematography by John Davy, And edited by Frederick Wiseman. <laughs> uh, synopsis is Jackson Heights, Queens, New York City is one of the most multicultural areas in the US with over 167 languages spoken. Here, people go about their daily lives alongside people of differing religions, beliefs and traditions. Oh, doesn't that just sound great? <laughs> so, Orla, why did you pick this movie? Um, well, this is like this is this is classic Wiseman, but then like every Wiseman film is classic Wiseman. He has a very particular style, let's say. Um, you know, you hunker down in a community um, and observe. I've never seen a Wiseman movie. I find that crazy town. Oh, there's, there's like there's so many. I haven't seen that many of them. Um, but well, I have seen this one now. Hey! Oh, really? Damn, that would have been fun. Uh, <laughs> see how far we can get. <laughs> Queens, <Well>. yeah. <laughs> Put that together yourself, Einstein. Sorry. Um, I live in Queens. Uh, yeah, I picked this one. Uh, not only because it's the shortest one, uh, well, it's the shortest of the ones I've seen. Anyways, um, this is nearly spat out the water. <laughs> Two hours and ten minutes. Should this short movie? Well, the but yeah, like this is. Uh, I just I love this film. Um, <laughs> I I watched this um whenever I was in my um my urban planning Jane Jacobs obsession. Still in that obsession. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much you know about Jane Jacobs, Robert Moses, sort of mid-60s, the sort of development of the skyline of New York and, you know, the destruction, destruction of the neighborhoods and everything. And Jane Jacobs was kind of like a local neighborhood woman. Um, she was also a writer. She wrote for like Village Voice and stuff. And um, she started this campaign against um, basically tearing down like neighborhoods that were considered slums, let's say. But her whole argument, she wrote some really, really interesting books, one of which I have, which borrow, it's really good, um, about like the value of like basically like eyes on the street and everything and like how the diverse neighborhoods of like the West Side and, you know, the East Side and everything and, and how important they were to like um, keeping people safe and the diversity of neighborhoods and stuff and how he just basically wanted to tear everything down, build up the highways, put everyone in tower blocks um, and how like the eroding of community and stuff. Um, but what's fascinating about this film is that like this is not the 60s this is you know 2015 and this is literally the last of these neighborhoods like which they oh this is 2014 actually is it 14 i thought it was 15 well like the movie um, came out in 2015 but it was shot during the 2014 world cup so it's very precise oh, you're on right. the point I, I forgot about that yeah good point uh oh yeah i forgot about all the world cup stuff <laughs> um just there's so much in this film but um this is like one of the very like particularly within like new york and then a lot of very big modern cities as well it's the last of one of these neighborhoods that is like so self-contained like the different boroughs of new york are all fascinating in different ways but like from the gentrification side of things i think this is fascinating and definitely very very relevant to dublin um a city that is being like rapidly developed and not in any way that seems productive or you know useful for its citizens um, oh, come on the budget uh, came out 
up there. It was grand. Yeah, yeah. Date that podcast. Um, yeah. So the comparisons with Dublin and that that side are, are very clear. Um, and I think that like Wiseman, he's the master of just like capturing a place. And like we talk a lot about like you know sense of place and and um, evoking a place, especially a city. And it's something that um, is just as difficult in documentary as it is in drama. And I think like the the incredibly kind of like candid nature of his camera, it's it's calm and like sort of unassuming. And he just he from the very first shot, he's within the place. Like he he just he's in rooms with people with what I imagine are very long lenses. <clears throat> like it never feels disruptive. It feels as if it's just there, and you're just kind of observing. You get a very very strong sense of this neighborhood. Um, I do think that did you see Show Me a Hero? Not yet. Um, oh well, it's really good. That's it's Yonkers, so it's a different area. But um, <clears throat> that's a that's, like that's a TV show, not a movie. But um, in about six episodes, really, really evokes a place and people and neighborhoods and what it's like to really live in a place. And uh, he's just so good at that. Um, but like the place and everything is Wait, David Simon or uh, Wiseman. No, David Simon. Okay. Well, no, but Wiseman as well. Like, okay. Obviously coming back to him, but the, you know the two things are, are yeah, Baltimore and all that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like people, like, and it's obviously Baltimore for David Simon. Like he lived there, he reported there for years. He really knew the area. But you think of what he did with New Orleans, and now what he's done with New York as well for um, for uh, the Deuce. Like it's it's like fascinating. Really, really good writer. Very, very important. Whenever you're making. TV shows and movies and documentaries about places you need to be able to capture them in their entirety <clears throat> good and bad um, but I think like place is only one aspect of this obviously like of his skill as well and like people are the other like this film like <laughs> it makes me kind of emotional and <laughs> um and like I watched it at the night before the fucking Kavanaugh confirmation as well oh Jesus yeah. Christ and like literally so it, like that didn't really help anything but like this is a movie, like, for me, that it really makes you believe in people. And particularly, like, you know, that American people, let's say. Um, like, it, it's not that, like, American people are so special. But, you know, we spend an awful lot of our time complaining about America and the things that it does. And, you know, it, it's, it manages, like, as well, I think, to portray, like, bureaucracy and the bureaucratic, bureaucratic process um, particularly within like very low levels of like local government and stuff and like local councils local like these tiny 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 things that affect a very very small area within a city um, and how like like the mess the inefficiency but it doesn't feel hopeless which I think is like because the people are so they're so motivated like they're no matter like a lot of you know they might be working on something quite small that doesn't affect that many people it might just be for their street their neighborhood but it feels so important and they're so dedicated to it and like they're oh, all the causes like there are some I think possibly of the most perfect scenes in this film like the gay seniors meeting like you know the whole that it's quite early in the film but that whole meeting is just them like deciding if they're going to move and where they're going to move to and it's just them talking about how but if we if we you know if we're on this if we go move to another area there's no lifts in um these subway stations and like it's so small but it's so important to these people and like oh god like the taxi drivers like I love that he leaves that until the very end because that like 
that it's just it's so perfect that whole scene i love it so much like uh or even like the um the beautification group i think you know where they have like and they're <laughs> about the cemetery uh oh that's another thing as well oh yeah the knitting group i've oh, i just i fucking like it warms my heart so much while also being quite um upsetting as well like i mean like the other side of this is um it's a very like ground level portrayal of immigration and what happens to people after they get to america um and like uh, of course i was like didn't i didn't think about about this as much the first time i saw this but really really hit me the last night just of exactly when this is you know what i mean like 2014 and the idea of like pre-Trump America. What were we watching actually recently? Was it Mississippi Grind? Yeah. Yeah, that very late Obama years. Your favorite movie was. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, but uh. Let's put it this way: Ben Mendelsohn walked into this movie, you wouldn't realize that he's out of place. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like the year. The year is key here. Like looking at these groups and the people and. You know, not just from like, you know, gentrification and like what's happening to these people in their businesses, but like what's happening to all these people in their lives now, like in this year, in 2018, you know, like what is this neighborhood like? And I could not help but think about that when I was watching it the other day and I was just like, oh God. Um, Like ice and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like just, you know, despite the fact that they're in New York, which is a sanctuary city and, you know, you're on the East Coast, it's a particular city, whatever. But at the same time, you look at the kind of like the racism and everything and that, you know, just people all across America are going to deal with before it yeah. became acceptable to, you know, you know, well, whatever about Obama's immigration policies. But anyways, um, which I think is interesting here as well, that it doesn't uh, it's not shied away from here. And you have to remind yourself that this is 2014. It's not now yeah. when some of those people are talking about what happens to them whenever they've already crossed the border. Um, so I like he has a very particular rhythm um, to his films. And like, this is no exception. It's like they're they're almost like vignettes um but that's not really the right way to describe it necessarily because we're coming back to things all the time but they're sort of like short little scenes that um of varying lengths or whatever but um you're never one you never win one for too long they they kind of like they you come in and out of different ones and his transitions and the juxtapositions of different scenes and everything like they're just and how like things are cemented together by just like these little shots of like storefronts and stuff and every yeah. single storefront he shows i'm like oh my god go in there oh my god go in there oh my god go in there because it's just the the diversity the like oh so many chicken places yeah well, <laughs> for like every single place you're just like oh my god go in there uh but yeah obviously like food and music and and like general culture of people is really important and it, it makes it very visually kind of interesting um but yeah like i, I just um I kind of like as well. I seen this the last day, and it's kind of interesting how there's kind of a lack of of like sort of trendy young people in this. It's an awful lot of like sort of older generation, or you know, and yeah, like the only one that looks uh, kind of modern is Michael Pitt's cousin. What's his face? The guy that is in the bureau of business with the slick back hair. Oh yeah. Pitt's cousin he does really look like somebody though I was thinking that and I was like who is it I thought maybe it might be a young Wynn Butler but um yeah the, well like Wynn Butler looks like Michael Pitt so, so it's kind of no ish 
I'm not getting that at all. Like Michael put the dreamers Hannibal. Yeah. Really? Okay. Those are literally the only two things I can think Michael Pitts in. What else is Michael Pitt in? He's in the funny games. Um uh, yeah. He's in uh Boardwalk Empire as well. He is in Boardwalk Empire. Um but yeah, like there oh, there's just there's so much in this, like there's so much to love, there's so much to talk about, think about, discuss. Um like it probably it doesn't need to be three hours. I don't think. I think that like, it's it's one of those things where you could see where he could shave, but at the same time, I don't really want him to. It's it's, yeah. It's I mean, some of it's you would wonder what you would lose, you know. And I just I love this movie. I love him as a filmmaker, and it really really hit me the other night. And I just had such. It's like, it's engrossing but also a strangely relaxing watch I feel because he's very lyrical you mm-hmm. know and yeah it just made me want to go there and like just hang out in this neighborhood um so yeah what do you think Ricardo? first of all I would say that uh, it was quite enjoyable to uh, watch a film with so much Latin American Spanish which mm. has a different song to Spanish from Spain that we have done and it's completely different to also the Spanish from Cuba mm. it's more recognizable to my ears as a Uruguayan let's say so it's kind of it was strange like uh, I always find it strange because the the idiom is more similar let's say mm. even though it's different you know that they're Colombian Equatorian or whatever but there's even like a Uruguayan restaurant somewhere in, in the background in the movie mm. I think it's when they're doing the gay parade and the oh, mayor the is doing stuff. the the speech i think he's doing in front of uh uh Uruguayan barbecue place <laughs> and uh, also to the fact that yeah fucking wiseman doesn't show any of the world cup except for the match that uruguay got knocked out versus <laughs> colombia thanks mate what a dickhead yeah <laughs> bastard um as as a movie though like uh, i for one, uh, I like I said, I'd never seen a Wiseman movie before, so I didn't know exactly what to expect. I knew that it was a movie about a neighborhood, but that was all. And I do agree with you that it really captures a sense of space and time uh, in particular, and uh, also some really good vignettes and stories. Also, like their the structure of the movie is very interesting. How it has uh, some stories that you come back to, like the the bid think the mm. business industrial department or whatever the fuck it was and uh, the transvestites and the gay parade etc that are kind of overlapping and happening concurrently as well mm. uh, but also one-offs situations let's say that it is just like the old lady that is like 97 years old oh, she was great jesus uh, oh my only god i could walk or her give my voice eyes. was yeah. fucking amazing uh, but like the the other woman at the table is so annoying she's so wickedly <laughs> she's annoying such a dickhead. she's just like, like how are you not happy to be this old it's like <laughs> and have this much money if i had money i would just pay people to be my friends <laughs> you're like oh my god shut the fuck up and uh, I I enjoyed also the how he's able to melt the history of the neighborhood without having talking heads or mm. shit being <clears> talked <throat> about the same way as they mentioned how the parade started there because of this uh, I can't remember his name now gay guy that was murdered there so yeah. uh, forever be the name of the parade because the first parade was a vigil basically that turned into pride and I think that is really interesting but I think that the film 
as a film, I don't have issues with. But the problem is when the... For one, I think that it should be longer, actually, not shorter. Mm. And I'll get into that as well. But also, I think that the movie raises a lot of questions that uh, are not answered. And I think that Wiseman being the... Even though I haven't seen other of his work, mm. I can tell that he has con- complete control of the material. Yeah. And he chooses what to show and not to show. And I think this has a problem that is very similar to... I never thought that it be, when I started watching this movie that compare both of them. That it, it reminded me of the issue that The Last Samurai has. Okay. Go on. That is the, <laughs> the presentation of... Uh, a very specific place and culture mm-hmm. in this case cultures but just looking at the the fundamentally good parts of that culture mm. and completely ignoring the really fucked up other side of it as well mm. in the sense that like for example how uh, it just kind of comments but really doesn't pass comment on religion mm. That is a very problematic issue there that if you realize when they have the gay parades and everything is third or fourth generation Americans there in the gay parade. Mm. Because Muslim religion way to affect it. And Colombian and Ecuadorian Catholics are some of the most embedded like... like, I think that all religion really when they go gone to an extreme They're super catholic is what yeah. you're saying and super catholic in a way that let's say ireland even in the 80s was super catholic but less like not saying that there wasn't like gay beatings here and homophobia that still exists here mm. but to the level that is more similar a massive amount of like killings though yeah I like it, it'd be more to the to it, it's the latin america in a way uh, it's it, it's hard to explain to people from Europe and America to understand what, like, for example, Bolsonaro is like this really far right candidate for president. Mm. And people go, oh, here, he's the Brazilian Donald Trump. And I go, no, it's way scary because it's fucking Brazil. Like, he's more like Rodrigo Duterte than fucking Trump. Mm. Because people don't give a shit. Like, there's very limited um, control and restriction yeah. and restraint and what doing and i think that a lot especially first generation immigrants don't leave that behind and i'm not saying to abandon your culture and stuff but when you're doing a portrait of something mm. for, it loses part of its complexity for i'm not saying that uh, it should be focusing on that yeah but it's the complete like not the ignoring it completely you know and then, for example, there's other moments that uh, similarly it does not make comment that would have been interesting for comment to be passed. The way how all the the transvestites are still complaining about police um, harassment, mm. and even when they ask the the black transvestite, which one do you get harassed the oh, most? I love that that scene. is not which like do you get harassed at all? It's like, which one is worse? Yeah. And then when the mayor of New York is in the pride, and he's like, oh yeah, the cops are in your side. We are in your side. And it's just 
no comment is passed on How that. How is that not a comment? Because it's just lining pretty- those two things up. In the, I don't. But it's not lining in the. It's it's showing. Uh, how can I put it? But is he, that when he's calling attention to things, it, like that's what I mean. Like in that case, at least that is he, there. He does very much draw attention to it, though, because not just when she's explaining it, but then later on, he goes back to the bar and has a shot of just the cop outside. Like he returns to it. He doesn't just sort of flippantly mention it and then, you know what I mean? Like I. He does like, and he does show like uh, some part of the police in the sense of like, uh, even when there's the price that there's fucking snipers in the roofs and shit. That it is like really weird. God, America is a weird place. Yep. <laughs> but I think that it is for something like such a big accusation as well. And considering that there will be cops, like they mention in many places, that there are cops that are from those neighborhoods as well. Mm. That I think it's a missed opportunity not only like to discuss that. That's why in a way I was like the document should be longer. Because even when he passes comment on it, it's just saying this is something that is there instead when you're the discussion that he has about immigration and stuff like that. No, like I think you're I feel like you're asking the film to be broader like as in like for me this is all about how it affects individual people you know what I mean rather than kind of like turn you know I, I feel like what you're describing there it it becomes then a whole big institutional no 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 I'm not saying that of actually like going in a little bit further into mm. that comment like if you see how because in that case, he makes a, p- a comment on it. Like the part of like religion and stuff like that in the uh, some aspects of like even the J- Jewish religion that is present there for years and mm. American Catholics there and Presbyterians and stuff is that like that's part also the uh, uh, let's say that the movie goes about like the 168 languages and stuff like that, you know, mm. but when they show every place is kind of segregated. That is like, when you're walking in the street, everybody's together. Mm. But then it's like the gay group, and then it's the Spanish group, the Hispanic group. Okay, they mix Colombians and fucking Equatorians or whatever. They're the same part of South America, speak the same language or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like the Jewish group, and then the gay group that has a little bit of overlap with the African-American group. Mm. And then you have the Indian group, you know what I mean? That the only place that really there's a mixture there is in the taxi scene. And that was the best bit in the movie because it's like where all those cultures are together. I love that scene so much. You know what I mean? Because they talk so much about how every business is different, you know, from a different uh, nationality or whatever. They even they're saying like, that's why Jackson Heights is amazing. Mm. But then it's like, who did they mention that comes in to eat in a restaurant that is not of their own people? It's like the fucking people from over, uptown, that, like hipsters, basically. <laughs> they come in to say, it's not that like the Equatorians are eating in Equatorians <clears throat> restaurants and the Indians are eating in Indian restaurants or whatever. And he doesn't make a comment like at all about why they don't mix with the other cultures in the sense in the way that the movie kind of advertises itself as you know like even in the in the synopsis it's like they speak 168 languages and stuff and i think that it's something that he presents the movie as like all these different cultures Mm. but if you take the shots from outside and they're, they're talking about the same 
like stretches of land like Roosevelt Avenue is mentioned a couple of times, etc. That it could be in different parts of New York, just showing us New York as a cultural place. Like uh, it's changed. It's like this is a melting pot, but it's surprisingly still segregated. Yeah. And I think that obviously those groups are segregated. So like showing it, like you realize that uh, like there's no way of not showing it. But there, there's no discussion about even between like people going like why are are we going to that event even like the people that organize things they don't talk about pride the and there's like they're lining on the streets or whatever you mm-hmm. know the supporting businesses or whatever the uh, the pride organizers are talking about supporting business or whatever but nobody else is talking about pride and because of the timeline that the movie being with the world cup in the background you know that everything was shot around the same time yeah so it's concurrent it's not like that uh, he's going at different times different times so obviously they yeah. wouldn't be talking about it and <clears throat> I found it strange that he's so good at picking like not only the stories but talking about like communities and presenting the good side of these communities mm. and I'm not saying that it's a bad side that they're not mixing but it is a reality well, think, that is interesting that it's yeah. very present in the movie and it's not mentioned at all well it's I don't know like whatever I'm not mentioning it but I think <clears throat> The thing that um, ties them together is the bid thing as well. That like, like, like my impression from that is that it's not just that one little. But even the bid guys, the two guys that are doing like all the bid things, when they go to like each meeting, they're just having like with that t- the nationality. Then when they're talking to the Hispanics, they're actually speaking in Spanish even. Yeah. That then when the 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 lawyer guy, the guy that uh, owns the repair shop or whatever mm. in the mall, they're talking to businessmen that are uh, from Indian or Pakistani or Bangladeshi descent. So it's kind of it becomes this kind of divide that even them they don't bring all the businessmen together to one place. Yeah. And even though I know language is a barrier. Yeah, is I think that... that's kind of the point he's making with 160, whatever it is, languages. Um, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I think that, um, just thinking there about, like, how... Because obviously, like, you know, you're showing people in their workplace and then where they socialize. I think the other way that you would have been able to show that in the way of, like, melting pot is housing. Because, like... That's the, the, the other comment that I was going to make. Yeah, I, I was it's... very disappointed that the movie doesn't show home life whatsoever. That is also such a big thing about these cultures yeah. that are like both for good and for bad is that like the home life is so different. Even like the inside <clears throat> of a house yeah. is so different. And like how many kids you have, how many um, dogs, how many whatever, like whatever the fucking t-shirts on the on the like the columbia t-shirts on the chihuahuas like, I was like for <laughs> fuck's sake i love that so much though it's just i just love it there's a whole scene where it's literally just like i hate small dogs so much i know they're like, so creepy oh my god i love oh god just the fact that that shop exists and clearly doing a roaring trade as well like i oh, i love the head shop um that's why like if the movie was like for like because i did enjoy what's in the movie yeah but i think that I enjoy what's in the movie, but either at points neglects to talk about things that it should be talking about because it makes the comment of religion being such a big part of the thing of yeah. the community. Not to be cynical, but like for me, it's that it <clears throat> makes it then like less 
of a like that you mentioned of a portraying the place that it felt like a surface level kind of understanding of this like not even understanding of the, the cultures is that it goes to show like the heroism like when they're talking about like the mexicans coming over and stuff like that the it's like the heroism of their coming over that they're like martyrs they're like they, basically portrays this neighborhood as absolutely perfect if it's not for bid coming in that even like crime is low everything and not saying that jackson heights is not and it made, like it made me want to go there and like i much prefer to live there in, than brooklyn like, modern brooklyn or manhattan or any other area like that but i think that especially it hit me the most because of the portrayal of south americans in particular because i came from there mm. you know and and then seeing that he does the same to the other culture so i can't be that specific about what is behind the scenes going on you know mm. but even like the way that they show like guys and girls like watching the football or whatever and and then that is like such such a misogynistic culture like for like that there's no way that if you were recording like just talking about living in new in new york or whatever that there's a reason in a way that all of those women for example had the husbands that they're mentioning and even they had to get like every it was the women that had to organize the crossings you know that they had to fucking take ownership of the family kind of thing of that side because the guy and that in cultures like that so in part even parts of uruguay and parts of brazil and colombia that the guy's just there to bring the money whatever you run the household i bring the the cash or whatever and i know for a fact that they're not saying that it'll be like all over the place you know as in the you but there's no way of spending so much time and not for those themes not to pop up you know it felt maybe it, it could be the one in a million time that none of this like happened but it felt it, what you might call it um curated do you feel like rather than it being curated let's say that he shot lotus you know do you feel that because he is like an elderly white man yeah i think that he was afraid of moving into that direction as well yeah like i think that in a way that if he made a movie like a, and that's a good point if he made a movie and started criticizing latino culture and stuff like that and also in the neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of white people now yeah so you can't even do like there's a serious kind of lack thing. of white people in yeah. this movie, which is... And there's no... T- t- like, that's what it, f- it felt like, white guilt for me. Mm. At times, that it's kind of like, see these people, like, fucking Fox News, this, but this is the reverse cop- propaganda, but it doesn't stop being, like, not bad as a movie, but also disingenuous in, in a way that... Like, I did really enjoy the movie, and I wish there was longer so, like, he could, like, acknowledge a couple of things, but also, I think, deeper down as well, like, you mentioned that, that it could be that, that it is, like, the the issue of um, depiction, because it feels very much that it, like... But at the same time, who could make... Because even if you dropped a Latino guy there, he wouldn't be able to make a movie about the the Muslims or the Hindus or whatever... Because he'd be mm. having the same issue of being an outsider in that culture. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it's I'm a very I'm wondering if this is a symptom of later Wiseman. Because I, like, I'm trying to think of... 
his earlier stuff like because he definitely does one on um what the hell is that called on um on welfare and stuff i did it did kind of occur to me whenever i was watching it and i was kind of the i kind of agree with you i think you probably feel it stronger because you know i am riddled with white guilt so <laughs> you know what i mean and i'm like i don't i've never lived in those cultures i've never even lived in another country you know what i mean so it's like this film only it only goes so far let's say but because it goes further than pretty much any other movie and particularly any like pbs style documentary is ever yeah. going to that for me it felt you know what i mean it felt like enough but at the same time I would watch four hours where he, you know what I mean? I'm not like, I don't like, it's not that I have a problem with you being cynical about it. It's just. Let me put it this way. Okay. Yeah. That I like, I've been thinking it was, about it since like we said, this, like, how can I put it? Is that ideology, ideologically as a movie. And also because it is in PBS that is to educate. And also it is an answer to the racism of America. Well, he doesn't make it for PBS. It's yeah, like PBS but, shows them. Yeah. So. But, but also like he knows the audience. Like he, you can tell the, like what the idea of the movie is. Yeah. That is like a counterbalance to all these other fucking racist, like day to day fucking Fox news shit that the uh, people encounter. They're like, is the kind of movie that if he changed the mind of one person, he would succeed it. Yeah. You know, the, uh, not a lot of racist people would sit down and watch this movie. Uh, but like, if he got one, somebody was just middle of the night, swapping channels, felt interested, whatever. Great. That's why like social filmmaking of this kind is important as well. Mm. But as somebody outside that environment as a piece of cinema, and because it is so good, I just expected a little bit more. Perhaps not, like maybe because he's like outside that call, like that. So much of the movie is about youth and mm. like the future and stuff. And he's later on on his years. I don't know the reasoning. I haven't seen other his movies. Such. I don't think either that necessarily a white filmmaker couldn't do it either mm. is that i think that i think it's the like older, what you're saying not having like a bit of white I, guilt it's, yeah i don't it's very it felt at times very um was a suburban democrat <laughs> you know the guy that ha that fucking has read everything like is the person that has read them like that the person that fucking watched Roots in the 80s and went like, <laughs> God damn it, this country is fucked up. And they but like, to... they still don't go anywhere near like the black neighborhoods and in the place. they listen to NPR and, you know, yeah. they vote Democrat. They canvas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all their friends are white. Yeah. Um, yeah and like, not through like, just the, it's the same sort of like slight like in the end kind of apathetic they're not like as a as a group they're not to blame for the, the issue because it came from like the very beginning of their uh of why they're in america that that's the reason that though like because everything else is a domino effect that they were brought over as slaves mm. so uh so stuff like that but now the other side is that like let's say that America is having the same kind of swing about Latinos that they had about black people in the 80s or 70s. Mm -hmm. That is like the Sydney Poitier, you know, that is like, yeah, <laughs> it's okay to have fucking your, your daughter to date a black guy. 
Mm. You know, but like now, how many movies, like even with actors that are, uh, what you might call it, um, famous enough, but like how many movies, like even like Michael Pena or like, you have to be exotic, like Antonio Banderas or something to be like the leading Oh, yeah, man you have to be like European, basically. Yeah. yeah. Or you're the, the, the flavor of the month, the fucking sex interest, like that. It's almost that Latinos are used as women are in movies. But that's why, like, when, yeah, whenever you look at like the demographics and everything and like why. Uh, the whole like crazy rich Asians thing was such a big deal because yeah. like when you start to go down like it's bad enough when you look at African Americans and like they're like starring roles speaking roles etc and when you start to go down it just becomes worse and worse and worse and worse in numbers ways like it's just but also I think that like it, the Latinos are taking over the because America thinks that black racism is dealt with as they were brown racism mm. like the even Democrats just like oh we had a black president it's grand let's have a Latino president no you know kind of thing that is like that's sort of not saying that it's correct Sanders. let me just uh, yes Sanders McGarry for a brighter America uh, <laughs> like obviously I, I knew I was just counting in my notes for the West Wing to come out well <laughs> it took fair, fair enough it took 15 minutes it's I not too bad I didn't want to say it I was like is it too easy to make the West Wing joke but we got there in the end anyways so, I think you should watch I think Show, show Me a Hero was a yeah. very very good comparison to this because Show Me a Hero does not show away from anything that's what, like I really want to and watch it but like at the same time because I want it to is, be in the mental position to watch it because yeah like it did but tough. no it, it it rips along as well like it's not it's not a whole holy depressing you know what i mean it's really really good um but yeah like it, it doesn't it doesn't like shy away but also just because like the whole like backdrop of that yeah. being segregation as well and trying to desegregate neighborhoods and how people just standing against that and stuff um i i do agree with you and i i kind of get what you mean as well like what you're saying that you still really liked it but that yeah. it's yeah, it- I think that I would have felt better about the movie in the sense of like how great everything is if the bad sides had been like at least acknowledged and kind mm. of like addressed in like I'm not saying taking over the movie, but like at least Small kind of a presented yeah. like a knowledge that they exist, but also that even with all these flaws and imperfections in these cultures and everything, include that is imperfect culture is being dumped in a very imperfect culture as well mm. and they're taking that in as well you know like they're taking in they're mixing their colombian culture to american culture or like pakistani culture with american culture and that's the the beauty of america as a word that is like this melting pot mm. but it becomes even greater i would feel that it's like even with the, these imperfections i think like the only uh, it still works and it's still a beautiful neighborhood mm. because it would feel real yeah. you know in the way that is like you compare like shogun to la samurai again that like shogun goes like yeah there's like shit that they go like oh yeah they believe in perfection and striving for perfection and stuff but they also like just fucking decapitated like peasants for no reason like just because they didn't bow like an Never inch forget. down or whatever yeah and then you go like but just because fucking tom cruise <laughs> like likes kenton watanabe like the samurai are absolutely perfect and Japan would have been absolutely perfect if it wasn't that they follow European ideas. Mm. And I think like simplification of these things 
makes me appreciate less the beauty of the actual thing that they're portraying. Yeah. It's like when you like go and like the difference between seeing like an oil painting, like uh, in culture now, I went to see like uh, 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 went to the National Gallery and saw like a lot of I oil paintings. The weekend, it's so great. And they had a couple of Van Goghs and like oil painting is my favorite because of the textures and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and, the Caravaggio. <laughs> and then there was uh, one painting that looked so simplistic from far away, mm. from nearby, because you could see the strokes. And then you step back and you saw the light. Yeah. From one step to the other, it changed. It's just like these cliffs. And it's just like gray of the cliffs, like fucking simple brushes coming down. Then green in the front and then like blue sky. Like it looks like a fucking two-year-old painting. Mm. Like when you're close by. And then you did like you step back enough that suddenly you can hear the sea. Mm. And feel the clouds it because it. it becomes like the light. It felt because as well, you're walking back on it. It felt literally that like a cloud went past and then you see the sun appear. Mm. You know? And the thing is that you can't get that out of a print. Because in the print, when you went to look close by, it still looked good, you know, because you don't see the imperfections that it's you can all, see in the opening. It's too, it's 2D in the most, like, boring sense. Yeah. And yeah. Then the, the old painting is like, I loved it because it was so shit <laughs> up close, but it's so great from far away. And I think it's like something like that is what it, that it, even if they brought to attention, doesn't mean that like these cultures are worth like the, you know, it would have been mm. even the, even with these flaws, they're still so warm. And it's like the, the, the true humanism c- comes through, you know, like the solidarity that they have for each other and stuff, you mm. know. And I think that that's where I was like feeling that the film was lacking in a way that that's not I'm not hugely frustrated as the movie is like I think it's flawlessly made. Mm. And just because it is flawlessly made, I think that it's like by choice that he made these decisions. Yeah. And then it comes to the fact that it's like why I said that I think that the movie is perfect for being made. But I disagree with some some of the, the things that it portrays or says. Okay. But I, well. I, but I really liked it <laughs> altogether. Sorry. I just want to make one comment. Um, oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> before we go to favorite things. Um, the sound mix in this is marvelous. The way he transitions between scenes, because obviously there's no soundtrack or anything, but it's yeah. just the way he mixes and the way of like the, 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 the what do you call it? Um, non-diegetic music. Yeah. Um, and so much this is just like music on the street and everything. Like there's some really, really great music scenes and it's the, like the sound of the street, the sounds within like little like restaurants, the sound, like I just like, oh, it's the way like it, the, you can hear the whole city in a way that, ah, oh, it just, it's so evocative, I think. And it's just, it's wonderful. You know, uh, what it reminded me of mm. the way the, uh, the quarterback from Friday Night Lights describes Chicago when he moves to Chicago. Is the quarterback the one that ends up in the wheelchair? No. No. Well, like, um, not the, the guy that replaces him. Uh, the guy that replaces Street. The one that like ends up with, with fucking Coach's daughter. That's his face. Oh, Saracen. Yeah. Yeah. The way he goes to Chicago that is like... <laughs> You go in and it's like I can smell the bagels in the place or whatever. Bagels. 
Yeah, like he says that that is like he's living like his flat is on top of a bagel shop or something. <laughs> so like every time. And they get their deliveries. There's all this flour that never seems to land anywhere. Ah, uh, fucking yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna break out my problematic '90s movies. Um, but fucking the 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 bit that killed me in this movie, like I literally have I did actually so watch hard in my life. Just before you say that, before I forget, I did watch this and then watch You've Got Mail. Oh, okay. Which was marvelous. Like I think that it is. Uh, completely why you've got now have aged completely badly that like how can tom hanks be the hero in that movie and also he's like so creepy uh, he's so, so creepy, creepy. He's so creepy because it, like she doesn't know it's him like when he gets into the house and she keeps telling him to leave i'm going to bed now and he literally tucks her into bed and then sits on her bed while she's like clearly delirious with some kind of like strange flu it's like uh, and then he knows but doesn't tell her and is like puppeting the whole thing yeah no it's it's super creepy but it's the 90s and there's no Efron and it's the Upper West Side so but this like in this movie the bit that like I couldn't stop laughing was because they like when we talk about white people this was like when those two white people in the movie and of all the music was the little fucking like little symbol music <laughs> in the fucking uh, washing. Oh, in the laundry The laundry mat. <laughs> I was like, good God, this is terrible. And the way that they look at each other like they're fucking doing like, you know, when you see sometimes like fucking like never ends. Jimmy just... Page turns around to fucking Robert Plant is like, yeah, you killed that solo, Jimmy. And then it's like, Jimmy. They're, they're like, they're timing when they're putting it down and there you see like people like covering their ears and it was like why why like i did love that it was in a laundromat though it's yeah. like the way he sets it up as well it's just all it's just like in the people just doing their laundry that's all it is and it's so interesting oh god i love it um, and I, I, I do wish that there was like especially because it's about cultures that there would have been like a little bit more that's why i was saying it would be in like a longer film a little bit more also about food and stuff like that mm-hmm. because that's what ma- like they discuss about how each restaurant is slightly different but that is don't like even like it, yeah. Equatorian me- food and Colombian food is very different, and they're like from the same corner of Latin America. Yeah, you know, like stuff so like that would it have should been... have been six hours long. Is what you're saying? Well, like I wouldn't have had a problem with it being six hours. <laughs> I long. totally would have watched it with six yeah. hours long. Like uh, even like, when it ended, it was... I was like, oh. <laughs> even like an extra hour would have been able to add enough to like. Um, you know, like a little bit of home life somewhere or mm. something. Because I do the, agree on the housing thing, particularly when I brought up Jane Jacobs and that, like, there, you know, like it's relevant because of like what she's talking, her, her like, like Jane Jacobs is a good comparison though because like she's very like you know lovely sort of middle aged white lady. You know what I mean? And how like, she idealized everything to a certain extent that like in a way like she made very interesting points about like urban planning and how like you know shutting everybody out into like you know high rises is not the way to solve problems also building more roads just leads to more cars and also like, like only a movie like that would have been made in fucking america that uh the dude is like oh yeah oh i'm losing my business and my house let's just focus on the business <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we're the same issue as well it's yeah. kind of like uh yeah no i know i know what you mean um but uh yeah the, like so much of that was about like actual housing and, and stuff yeah um but uh, I'm glad that you you did like it though, because <clears throat> yeah, I did really like it. The uh, and I really like the the vignettes, like mm. and when they come back, like, he really chose his subjects really well. I think. Ah, Jesus, you find these people every 
face is incredible. Oh, uh, what was your favorite thing? Favorite thing was uh, like since I smell the movie has. Yeah, I think I could smell. I love that it's summer air. as well. You know what I mean? That it's hot. Everyone yeah. is sweaty. Fucking I. Uh, like, but at the same time, it's kind of, I love the neighborhood, but then, it's like, I just wouldn't be able for New York. Like, everybody's like, oh, New York, artist place. It's like, I, I'm too fucking chill for New York. You know, like, yeah, it's all just the mental. idea of getting, like, fucking going to that train station and go 30 minutes to Manhattan, but, like, actually squeezing into a fucking train. Like, the yeah. dart is bad enough for me when yeah. I had to go. seriously. My favorite thing is probably the taxi scene. Yeah. Because it's... Oh, like, the way that he fucking describes north, south, east, and west. Like, uh, when I was getting to, like... What, what's he going to do? The, 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 <laughs> what's he, what's so the good. W? He's like, to wash the poo. But it, what, what I love is... But he points out to all and he asks them, like, you know, what do you do in Nepal? What do you do here? You know, it's He like, knows everybody. I know, he knows. He knows all their names and they're all there and they're writing and I'm just like... Ah. And I think that a perfect oh. metaphor for the movie is the difference between him and the American lady trying to teach fucking the oh citizenship thing. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, I think between her and the people calling up the councilman's office and the girls on the phones who are just like, well, I wouldn't put it like that, but like, oh, and you can just, you can almost hear like the like middle-aged racist white women on the other end. You know what I mean? Like, it's so perfect. Oh God, yeah. Well, that's the Bill of Rights. I suppose you could say that. And the woman's just like, but freedom, freedom, freedom of everything. And you're like, yeah, you're right, lady. Don't listen to this bitch. <laughs> uh, uh, what was your least favorite thing? I think the, how can I put it? Like, missed opportunities mm-hmm. for like to, but at the same time, like I said, because of the movie clearly being also aimed as uh, uh as a uh, counterpoint to the vitriol coming from the right in America, hmm. I think that also like a adding soft, a soft yeah pushback and not, but at the same time not, it's not being Michael Murray, completely you know? like racist in the way of like Uncle Tom's Cabin kind of thing that uh, you know that it's like no that the intentions are good but it's still being it's racist like woolly eyed of liberalism. I don't yeah. think I think even that is kind of it's being a bit harsh on it because I think that like. He's it, he's almost getting there, but never quite. But I almost think that even him going there, like because of the compassion that he has in the movie that is throughout, mm. I can I like I can see him like even like blocking it out of his brain that that shit is happening. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That it could be like oh, not realizing the because how can I put it? Is that like. The movie's about how structures are built and in America. Like that's why like includes the councilman's office and stuff like that. Yeah. To serve different type of people, including bid and stuff like that. Uh, how these people they're coming from complete different structures have to adapt to these new structures. Even in the sense of like in a very cold eye bureaucratic way. Answering questions in the test because it's just like you want to vote and that's it or whatever. And I think that that they are biased because of the way... Like, imagine, like, the change now also making the movie now, how many Venezuelans would be there. Mm. What different experience they'd be coming in. How fucked up Venezuelan culture is. No, like, no culture, like, uh, last couple of years or whatever that they had. Well, the know. destruction of their 
yeah of their economy everything like their people basically like yeah and uh, imagine like that coming into america whatever they obviously they're coming with the bias let's say that they might be republicans because they're afraid of anybody that says anything about being leftist mm. you know what i mean the it's kind of like the missed opportunity even in that sense of if you could vote who would you vote for mm. because you have the one side that even though they're not christian they're religious freedom people yeah you know because that's it like you know, just because they're from another culture as if, like, they're not conservative or yeah. something. Yeah, that, like, they're automatically, like, going to vote for, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's particularly whenever, like, so much of the Democratic Party is, like, you know, supposed well-meaners, like, let's say, Hillary Clinton or, you know, Beto O'Rourke, you know, kind of, like, nice, pleasant white people. Yeah. It's like... You understand why people don't relate to her or don't you know that it's... Yeah, then you see, like, I don't agree completely with him, but you see, like, Cory Booker coming in and when it, it never feels like fake outrage when he's, like, No, no, Cory Booker is just like that. It's quite funny. Like, when you see him just in normal interviews talking about normal shit, he's just like that. It's like, just the general outrage all the time. It's like, okay... <laughs> Um, I, like, I like, like Cory Burker though. Kind of like he's a great. He's a great interview with um, Ezra Klein, where he's like giving out to Ezra Klein for his dad bod. <laughs> like you leave Ezra Klein alone. Anyways, um, what was your least favorite thing? I think probably that it is. I miss opportunity is not the right word because I do love this so much, but yeah, that it's not that it's not complete. You know that it's not transcendent let's say you know what I mean because I think that like with the inclusion in his own way of what you're saying like I think this would be like complete and utter triumph beyond the triumph that it already is yeah so it's like just it's goes from between being a very 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 good movie to a masterpiece and that Mm. is like such a fine line to cross over let's say yeah the, because when you're a very 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 good movie it, it but at the same time is that it's very few movies that are, it's like i find that when i can't like usually when i really like a movie mm. but i go why didn't i fucking go like this is one of the best things that i've seen usually i can't pinpoint oh I what's know. holding up <laughs> oh i know <laughs> Oh, episode but in this, 98. Like, <laughs> but I think like th- with this one, it's kind of like, yeah. And as well, like what I've been saying about know, how to do it, it's obviously I much prefer like the his way of approaching that. Mm. Because it turns from being like a 98% portrait of a place to a 100% portrait of a place that I've never seen. Mm. And it's so close to being there. You know, it's oh God, so close. so good. I love it so much. I, I did. Um, like, I know I complained a lot, but it's like I've, I love this movie. Oh, no, I got around yeah then because at the start I was like, shut up. But then I'm like, oh, no, I understand. It's all fine. Um, yeah, I just worked my heart so much. I was just like, um, yeah, it, I I needed it a lot. I think um, on that particular evening that I watched it, I was just like, yeah. And um, to say as well, it's just like, it was uh, like a solve, you know. And also, as a final comment, it was kind of like one of those weird movies that it was thinking about it that changed my mind on it, because mm-hmm. I watched it when I was really tired and I was like, shit. But I didn't have another afternoon that I had three hours to mm. to dedicate to it. So I go, fuck it, I have to watch it. Because usually if I'm like that, I push it to another evening because it's like, I'll be in a good place. Mm. But with this, I couldn't do it. And I loved it when I finished. I really gra- like 
grabbed me like uh, and went with it and at the end of it i was like whoa this is amazing and then i was driving the next day to work <laughs> and then i was like my brain started going like what am i gonna like because i was like oh i'm looking forward to yeah i was looking to, forward to it all week i was like can't wait, to talk, can't wait to talk about the movie what am i gonna talk about what's my favorite thing and then i was like oh it's the smell whatever what's my least favorite thing and then i started thinking well what didn't i like about this movie and then it just like fucking it was like uh Brody! like pulling a string out of a jumper yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so weird that it's if like if you want to destroy my sweater uh, and I think that it does say something about how good the movie is that uh, as a filmmaker how good he is that you don't notice why you didn't like while oh, you're yeah. watching it no Jeff kind of oh god he's so great it, it wasn't um, grading me while watching I, I just want to like clarify that because I yeah. know that it sounds like it did but it was more that it was like and it, okay. afterwards Maybe that's an important point because I don't think you would have enjoyed it as much if like it was doing that yeah because you would have been brought out of it and that wouldn't have worked yeah. at all because you need to be immersed in the in the place and it was the only time that I wonder if my reaction on the movie would be different if this podcast was didn't exist because all the other ones you wouldn't have like, thought about my it reaction afterwards. would have been yeah I wouldn't have mm. like kept thinking about what was the the, the worst idea mm. so I thought that it was like a very interesting kind of I just wanted to make the it's point kind that of it's like kind an of experiment yeah interesting cool well that was in jackson heights if you want to feel better about things um i hope you didn't listen to this <laughs> and you just watched it because it's so good and you'll feel so much better and just don't look like about ricardo um so <laughs> i know i do think that it's a wonderful film and i think that like i'd recommend it to everybody like uh, i think it's like in the the way that we discuss about movies and stuff like that that sometimes it's like when you you have a movie so so good as this mm. that it's hard to just go and like oh this was good mm. and that was good when there's something like a point of contention there that it kind of takes over the conversation because it's the one point that we're yeah. disagreeing on to a certain degree yeah um yeah so that was in jackson heights um do seek it out it's hard enough one to find they're becoming easier though because i think his yeah. most recent one just came out so it kind of it kind of buoyed up the other ones yeah. but normally you can only like buy them on dvd and they're like 30 dollars and like it's ridiculous but anyways um yeah you it's not a waste of three hours of your life uh ricardo and also it's like three hours in your life but fucking watch it in one go because the whole oh, minute yeah. of the movie will be yeah, lost yeah, 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 yeah. watching in two goes yeah. yeah yeah uh ricardo where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Rec Game. You can send us an email at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. You can also find the, our back catalogue uh, or 97 other episodes on uh, Dublin <laughs> Digital Radio, Mixcloud, or iTunes, and a lot SoundCloud, of my life and spent stuff editing. like that. I want to work out, actually, if I could go through all the... Uh, the Tie like the lengths of all the movies, how many, and then add that to all the time spent talking about it, and then add that to all the time spent editing it. Not a single second wasted. Not at all. Uh, next week movie is Ricardo's pick. Yes, uh, the Merchant and Ivory production of Morris from 1987. Number 99. Very, very good. You should have picked the movie from 1999. Yeah, or with 99 in the title or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was Ricardo Tiki. I was Orda Bagnines. See you next week. Thanks for listening.